Thank you so much for downloading this episode of So What Do You Really Do? The podcast where I, your host, Ditter Dennis Maurer, speak to artists and entertainers about their day jobs. And on the podcast today, I'm speaking with comedian, improviser, and cast member of Wild and Out on MTV, Jacob Williams. Uh, Jacob and I are a couple of comedians who met at the Boston Comedy Festival a few years back, and we... Uh, hung out again virtually on this year's virtual Boston Comedy Fest during some of the after shows. And I just wanted to talk to Jacob about, you know, A, getting into, like, if you meet, you'll hear me talk about it, but if you know, already know who Jacob Williams is, he is not what you would think of as a cast member of Wild and Out with Nick Cannon. Uh, so we talk about how that happened, how he went from being uh, a Midwestern kid to being a New York comedian on uh, improvised hip-hop variety show. Uh, we also talk about how he got into doing stand-up. We talked about, he's also a uh, very prominent college act. So we've been talking about how the pandemic has affected that, how shows are going now. And of course, moving into Zoom comedy and a couple other things. So it was a very good, fun interesting talk. And I'm glad he and I got to catch up here just before Christmas and find out more about him and introduce him to you folks who have not, maybe have not have heard of him um, or only know him from America's Got Talent or Find out more about him if you're coming from uh, uh, being a fan of his from Wild and Out. Now you know more about him and his comedy. Uh, and it was a delightful chat that we socially distanced, which is what we have to do anything, uh, everything nowadays. But I wanted to make sure I got this episode out because he is releasing a new video uh, special tonight, Wednesday, December 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the full video of Unemotional Rollercoaster is going to be released on his YouTube uh, he is on all the social medias. You'll find the links and stuff. Uh, he is Mr. Jacob Williams. Spells exactly how you think those words would be spelled. Uh, so find it. If you're free tonight or at any point, if you're listening to this, even if it's past, check out his special. He's a funny guy. It's good. He's also doing a live uh, Q&A during the, in the comment section. So if you're able to catch it live at 8 p.m. tonight, December 23rd, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. Western, and uh, I don't know, if you're in a flyover state, do the math. I can't do everything for you. But he's going to answer some questions, and he's going to be in the chat, uh, in the comment section of YouTube. So, you know, go support him. And, of course, the audio version of his new album is available on all the platforms. So in this time when it's not as, as easy for us comedians to go out and do shows and make money, uh, support a comedian friend of mine who's doing the best he can during this. And also he just happens to be funny. So uh, support people who are funny and uh, my friends as well. And of course, you could also support my guest by going to whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on and leave four stars and a comment or tell somebody about the podcast. So we appreciate everyone who's left comments. We've been getting some good reviews and stuff like that. And if you haven't done so, please consider doing it. I appreciate it. Please enjoy this conversation with comedian and improviser Jacob Williams. Uh, are you in New York still, or did you go back? Are you heading back home to your family? Um, yeah, I'm in New York. Um, I definitely have thought about uh, visiting. I would really love to visit my parents. I haven't seen them in a long time, but we're just kind of playing it safe right now with everything going on. So I've just been uh, doing a lot of like family zooms and talking to them on the phone a lot. And then um, just trying to stay in New York for the most part. And um, I've left New York, I think, three times in the last like eight months or whatever. And each time is just for like a day for like a socially distanced show. But most of the stuff I'm doing is kind of like online these days or 
outdoor and stuff like that when I can. Well, I'm glad you, you brought up the socially distant uh, show because I know you do a bunch of college shows and you recently did a socially distanced college show. And I'm curious to see how that went because we're in a world where some colleges are letting kids work from, uh, you know, do their classes from home. Some colleges are forcing them still to come in. And it's, a you know, I'm I'm glad you're a person who's clearly taking this all very seriously. Um, so I'm sure it was not a light decision to, you know, decide to drive out to, was it, was it New Hampshire? Yeah. Yeah. I did one in New Hampshire. Um, and then, um, yeah, that was a couple of months ago, a couple of months before that, I think I did one in Kansas and, um, they were both, um, yeah, very safe in terms of really blocking out the seating. So everyone was really far apart from each other. So it was like, um, no one person was closer than, you know, like six feet or more to another person. Everyone had masks on. And so, um, yeah, I think with things like that, it felt like super safe. And it also was such a fun show just to like get to perform indoors and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping there's like a way to do that. People can wear masks and things like that. I hope more more indoor shows can happen. And, um, there was a similar setup at a, a show I did in Utah as well, uh, for dry bar comedy, which was like a comedy special taping that'll come out next year. I think you know do things like that once in a while if it seems like it's in a really responsible way and then just trying to do what i can to socially distance in between in new york and stuff but a lot of college gigs are also online now so i've been doing a lot of online ones um that's been where most of them are at at the moment well my curiosity is because i if i glean from the pictures uh correctly you had to perform in a mask at one of the college shows I can, I get, you know, we, we're both comedians. We've definitely done that where we, we bring the microphone just a little too close and our lip touches it and you're like, oh, great. I'm, I'm going to have face cancer now. I have face AIDS, something because you just, you, you touched it. Was there a, a relief of performing with a mask on or was it harder to try? Was, was the, doing comedy with a mask on, is that distracting? Because every comedy show I've done, you know, I've done three in-person shows since all this started and it's go to the, go to the, go to the stage, take off your mask, talk into a, a a a microphone that has a special windscreen on, put your mask on, walk off stage. Was having a mask on stage more distracting? Um, yeah, I think for a lot of people it'd probably be tough to perform in a mask, but I don't really make a lot of facial expressions anyways. So <laughs> uh, for me, it was pretty much the same. Um, but yeah, um, and uh, I think that was mostly my idea to do that. Um, I don't think anyone said like I had to perform in a mask because generally the performer is pretty far away from everyone else. Um, and I would be the only one using the microphone, that microphone at those particular shows. But yeah, I've, I've also, um, yeah, I think for the comedy special, I didn't because they did have a lot of distance and they're doing it. They're shooting it as like an evergreen thing, but they were able to kind of make sure we all had our own mic and things like that. Um, I've been to other shows in New York um, where you'll put on like a little um, condom type thing. Each comedian puts on a, their own cover over a mic. So yeah, there's definitely different ways to do it. I was, I think I was doing it at those two particular shows out of just taking extra caution. But yeah, I think it, it seems like um, some places are okay with like the performer not wearing masks if they're, you know, super far away from the audience and the audience has masks if they're closer to uh, things like that. With the college shows where everybody's spaced out, did 
did it feel different because everyone spaced out? Like, there's been a lot of people complaining about doing these shows and like, oh, everyone's spaced out. They can't join in together as like one unit and laugh together. Whereas I kind of come from the opinion of it doesn't matter if people are spaced out or close together if you're being funny and if they're they're if they're in for doing for being a part of a show. It shouldn't be the same, but again, my experience is different, and I'm curious because you're doing a much larger audience, and people are, for the most part, coming to see you on purpose, whereas most of my comedy shows that I'm a part of are still in this day and age, surprise, comedy show. Like, oh, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I think um, the show was the first one I did um, at a college after, like, you know, mostly doing, like, out all these outdoor shows and online shows for a long time. Um, it felt great. It felt like so fun. Um, the audience was amazing. I think the place sat normally like 500 people and there were only about a hundred people in there cause all the seats were blocked off. So they were like separated, like, uh, you know, seats in between people were blocked off and then rows in between were blocked off, but it was still enough people that, um, and just maybe just not having been indoors for a while. I just, it just felt so good, um, to, uh, be able to perform for people indoors, especially knowing that, you know, it was like a pretty safe situation with the setup. And so, um, yeah, so still like a hundred people that were really awesome, uh, audience members and it felt awesome. Um, and then, um, another one I did, I think there were two shows. And so I definitely noticed a little difference in terms of like, I think I'd been to that college a couple of times before and it, was like packed that room with maybe hundreds of people. So it, it was certainly not the same to have like 50 people spread out as like 400 there or something, but it was still like such a fun show. Both those shows were really fun um, that night. And then especially just compared to everything else happening. <laughs> so they were probably, you know, both of those colleges were two of the most fun um, shows I had all year. Although there were two of the only shows, I guess, it's been interesting to like try to adapt to all these like things where you're, I've been performing during the summer, like in a parking lot or like in a park or like on roofs and uh, in these like weird uh, setups. So um, (laughs) there's like, you know, like the first shows I did back were like the drive-in shows and people were just watching in the car, but I couldn't really see the people and they weren't allowed to honk because it was too noisy for the neighbors. So <laughs> literally they were just flicking their lights. So I would just tell a joke and not hear anything, but I would like see their lights flicker. And then like, there'd be, and then I would just notice the one car that wasn't flicking its lights. I'm like, why can't I get <laughs> this person to laugh? It was like just such a weird uh, version of standup. Well, I like how you're, you're focusing on the one car that's not flashing your lights and you're like, is it they don't like me or is it because their headlights are blown out? That's a good point. Yeah. Maybe it was just, <laughs> maybe they were laughing. That's what you don't know. Like maybe that person was laughing the most, but they're just not turning on their lights. I was really worried. I was going to walk someone on that show because they would probably <laughs> hate me to like drive away um, or just walk away from their car. I guess if it was in the middle. Like you walk the audience and you hear that backing up sound. Beep. As they're pulling out, yeah, it felt like I was doing a show for like the Transformers, and um, I fit in perfectly because I already sound like a robot, so it was perfect. (laughs) Well, since we started talking about college, let's go backwards a little bit and talk about, uh, yeah, a lot of people. It's a very common story where a lot of us started 
comedy, you know, in college. I started in high school because I had I went to a theater school and we had an improv troupe. Oh nice. So we started like doing like short. I did a little bit of improv in high school as well. Okay, yeah. And, and so you that's where you started in uh, a liberal arts college in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's where uh, I started doing stand up, yeah. And I just because I know you from the Boston Comedy Festival. That's where we first met, like very briefly. We talked, hung out a little bit on 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 your 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 preliminary and semifinal rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a year later, you're on stage at a Gainus Arena with the Wild and Out tour. I'm like, hey, I know that guy. Wait, how? <laughs> wait, why is he here? So <laughs> obviously, I think the the very obvious question would be, how does a Kentucky boy who got into college in Wisconsin? end up on stage with Nick Cannon and a bunch of freestyle hip hop uh, rappers and, and, and stuff, because mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it's unfair to say that you stick out a lot, like, like a sore thumb on stage there when you're with the group. So when you, what did you initially go to college for that uh, at, uh, I want to, I want to say it right. Is it Bloit? Yeah. Bloit college. Bloit. Okay. Um, it's one of those weird French-ish words that I don't know if I'm supposed to pronounce it French or if, or if it's a Wisconsin word, I'm supposed to pronounce it in a weird uh, uh, Midwestern Wisconsin way. <laughs> yeah, but like it, someone said it, it's, it sounds like the way you pronounce it is basically what sounds like um, it's the sound of a turd hitting the water or something like that. I think someone put it, <laughs> but someone put it very eloquently. But, uh, but yeah, basically, um, yeah, I went to college there. I started doing stand-up there. Um, like you in high school, I did a little bit of improv, uh, and I was really into theater in high school. My high school did have a good theater program. I didn't have a lot of self-esteem as a theater person. I think because there were so many people that were so good at theater in my high school, so I would like audition for a lot of cool stuff and kind of rarely get cast. Um, but I, but there were some fun opportunities in high school for me to like act in a couple of things here and there, or like write plays, short plays that they produced at the school which was really fun i became a fan of comedy around then from watching conan and people that were on that like at the time like Herbiglia and uh dimitri martin and all kinds of comedians on youtube and stuff and then um although i didn't yeah i didn't even have a lot of internet in high school but i would like i think when i was cat sitting for someone i would just watch tons of stand-up comedian comedians on their youtube channel on the, their computer or whatever yeah, I started doing stand-up at the beginning of college. I did actually kind of do a almost a segue into it where um, my high school was pretty small and they said like anyone that wanted to talk at graduation could give a speech. So I turned in <laughs> one speech, which I think was just like, just to like give them something um, to clear me for it or whatever. It was like, just, I think it, it had nothing to do with what I actually talked about. It was like my college essay or something, but then I just, I really just tried to be funny and like it was kind of close to stand up where I was like it was technically a speech but I was like really just writing down stuff that I would like try to make people laugh and I think I got some laughs but it wasn't technically stand up so I had I didn't have the pressure of like having to be funny but it was nice to have like a an audience of hundreds of people and to try that out a little bit and then yeah the beginning of college I think I had a friend that wanted to do stand-up and i saw him try it and i was like oh i didn't realize like i thought you had to be like you know super i'd only seen like very professional people like on tv and stuff or on a trip to new york and so it was cool to see someone starting out from the ground level so i tried it and i i think he stopped shortly after that 
and then but I kept doing it and um it was a small town so I would just do these like I wanted to get up whenever I could but it was basically a lot of times it would just be like there'd be like an open mic every two weeks or something um so I would just do that or do whatever I could in terms of open mics and stuff and then there would be like a lot of musicians and poets and other things like that and then I would be like the only comedian and so I think people would laugh maybe because they had uh nothing to compare it to so if I was bad at it like I I couldn't tell because there were no reference points of other comedians so yeah I just kept doing that um and I, I ended up uh getting really into comedy I had wanted to go somewhere with a comedy club um and I just couldn't really afford um a lot of the colleges that were in those kind of like bigger areas and so I still, um, but yeah, I, I definitely got a lot out of my time at Beloit in terms of, uh, yeah, learn it. Like, you know, uh, I made, I majored in psychology and I ended up uh, doing some off campus studying instead of going abroad. I went to Chicago just to like get more stage time during college. And so, um, yeah, in terms of like how I got involved with Wild and Out, part of it was from, I think, late into college, I won this online comedy contest to open up for Nick Cannon. And so I got this free trip to uh, Vegas to open up for him on his Showtime special, um, his first one, Mr. Showbiz. And so uh, I met him there. He was really nice. And I did kind of a warm up set um, for some of the crowd. Um, although I think like it was kind of early into the evening, like a lot of the crowd wasn't even fully there yet. But I was like, performing for people in the balcony and whatever and it was fun and then um I, I guess after college i ended up submitting a video and doing america's got talent and um he was hosting there too so i think after all of that um i got an email one day and i guess i think he had put in a word with the producers who i later found out all thought it was a terrible idea for me to be on the show um but he thought i was funny and so i got a chance to audition and then do a callback and uh and then got to do the show for about nine seasons and so um anyway so yeah it was a fun experience um and it led to um some of the things like the arena tour you mentioned and um that was a lot of fun there was one weird show we did where um we like flew to houston like in on an off day of shooting wild and out of new york and did this arena there and it was um we had to like stretch out the show because Nick Cannon was flying in on a private jet from an award show. But then we got to fly back to New York on the private jet with him. And um, I ended up like playing a card game that I wasn't that familiar with and losing like $860 in like less than an hour, which I couldn't really afford because I was playing <laughs> with people that were like in the cast that were way more famous and rich than me. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun to do that. And then, tape episodes the next day in New York and um yeah before I did Wild and Out I had started doing some improv around Chicago and um in addition to doing a lot of stand-up there um I lived in Chicago for a few years um one during college and a few years after college and so I think from doing a lot of improv there and then doing a lot of stand-up there that helped a lot in terms of getting ready for a Wild and Out which is like a very improv-centric show so it was fun to uh get to like you know use some of that improvisational comedy that didn't always fit into my stand-up and get to perform with so many cool people that had all these performing backgrounds that were like really good at battle rapping or like you know really big social media stars with 
huge personalities or like really good actors or comedians or other improvisers and stuff. So it was definitely a fun way to get to uh, work with so many different kinds of people and kind of like be funny on stage, but also get to like collaborate with other people and like be funny together in ways that I couldn't have really done on my own. Well, what I like, like prior to seeing like, uh, I, so the reason I went to Wild and Out and again, is I was asked to go there to write a review uh, by the, the publicist. And I was familiar with what the show was just because of clips. I never actually watched like a full episode before, but what amazed me is like, this is a hip hop variety show. Yeah. Like this is what's, this is what comedy should be right now. This is an event. Like there is, there's music, there's comedy, there's acting, there's people being interactive, playing off each other. And it was so beautifully refreshing to see that, even though it wasn't my world. But what amazed me is, is, or what I'm more curious about is how, how do you, you know, so you got, became friendly with Nick Cannon because you won a contest. What did Nick Cannon see in you to be on that show? Because trust me, I could do stand up. I could do a rush show. I can't make any of it rhyme though. Like that's a whole nother skill set. Yeah, that's a good question. I definitely didn't have a lot of musical experience per se, other than singing um, in the shower on my own. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, doing improv, I think helped a lot with that show because a lot of it came down to improv. At least that's what helped me do well on the show. There were some, there were some people on the show that I think were so charismatic and naturally funny that they could kill it without any kind of formal training or anything and then they were just naturals at it but but for me um i didn't i wasn't naturally very you know loud or charismatic or anything and so i think just from doing a lot of improv in chicago that helped a lot and there was some uh, musical improv at uh i'd done some of that at like second city drop-in classes or comedy sports uh, which was like a lot of short form games very similar to wild now games and then also taking classes at improv olympic and annoyance theater um i remember being so bad at improv for a long time there where i would have so many people at annoyance theater pushing me to always like do these bigger choices and bigger characters where i was you know kind of just talking like myself in every scene and eventually i did feel more comfortable playing characters in improv and stuff like that, I just looked at as like, it was just something fun to do. Um, but then it, I think it definitely ended up helping a lot with Wild and Out, which can definitely be a, kind of an intense environment. And um, I saw some people, you know, get replaced after one episode or, or um, after one season or different things. So I felt like very lucky to get to do it for so, you know, for a few seasons in a row. But yeah, it's like a weird, improv's weird because it's like you never know quite how it's going to go and you just have to try to do your best and commit to whatever it is. But I, I definitely had never rapped before anything. I did it. I ended up like rap, to get ready for the auditions. I was like rap battling my roommates in the living room of my apartment and stuff like that. <laughs> and I would listen to, you know, tracks from YouTube and just try to freestyle and stuff and try to come up with things. So it was definitely a new thing to me. I like how you started doing stand up because your friend wanted to do it and he failed out. You learned to do rap battle because you uh, how to do freestyle rhymes by rap battling your roommates. And I'm gonna make the assumption none of them are continuing the rap battle. I like how your your origin story is basically getting friends to help you do things and then them walking away from it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, those friends are um, funny comedians. Still, I, I don't think they had any. Um, aspirations in terms of being a rap being involved in rapping but 
yeah and then in the beginning of college that friend um he was the first person i saw do comedy but i don't know if it was something he was that passionate about or anything so uh well let's uh, you know let's the last thing about wild and out i ask you about is is did it take time for you to adjust to your castmates because clearly you come from a completely different not just a completely different background and lifestyle and all that but also you you said it yourself they're very charismatic and open and enigmatic and you're the exact opposite of all of that did it take time for them to warm up to you because you're so reclusive and and quiet or were were they welcome you with open arms like hey here's this white boy who is nothing like us but he's fucking funny so let's do what we can to, to make him feel welcome or somewhere in the middle or none of the all <laughs> Uh, I like how my questions have now become multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, it is amazing to meet people from so many like different backgrounds. And then the people that I started with that are still on, we're on this show up till this year are like, um, you know, I've known them for, I don't know if it's like eight years now or something, but, um, but yeah, it does kind of feel like a family. And um, I think we did get along in a lot of ways because, um, like we could respect each other in terms of, you know, being funny, even though we we all have different styles of comedy. It's like so fun to like collaborate on that show and everything. The season I started, there was, I think Pete Davidson was like 19. He was starting there as well. And um, and then Mikey Day was so funny on there as well. Um, and then there was like Emmanuel Hudson coming from like YouTube background as well as like Tim and... Uh, and then other stand-up comedians like so I, I felt like i could relate to everyone in a different way like where like uh carlos and chico who are, have like a very successful podcast now with uh dc young fly another guy on there like they all kind of came from like doing a lot of stand-up like me and then um yeah just kind of points of common interest so it, it kind of had really did feel like a family in a lot of ways and it also felt um, especially the first season and on, it, would, it felt like um, such a fun environment, like with the audiences and the cast and the music and everything. It did feel like almost a job where you're getting paid to like be at like the coolest party that you've ever been to, or at least that I'd ever been to. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, it's it definitely is still, you know, certainly very competitive as well. So there's like an element of that, but at the same time, I think everyone is like very supportive and kind of wants each other to succeed so it's like um yeah it's kind of like sibling rivalry at times but overall it definitely feels like a family and like a very supportive way as well so i think we were going to tape again in march this year and then it got canceled with the pandemic and so and now i'm not sure what's going to happen but um i hope uh, there's a way to work with those people again because there were a lot of funny people in the cast but yeah it's been a fun uh group uh, to be a part of for sure that sounds nice because what it sounds like you're saying is that even though everybody in the cast were completely different people from different backgrounds, and everything, you all bonded well together mm-hmm. because of comedy, which is nice to hear because some, not all comedy scenes, not all comedy groups are people that get along. Yeah. So I'm happy that you're a comedian who's embraced this zoom comedy as much as you can, because I'm sure you've heard it from a lot of people. It's like, Oh, it's not the same. It's not real stand up. I look at it as, I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, my first impression of it was like, ah, we're just, why not do it? It's only going to be a couple of weeks, maybe a month that we're going to have to do this. Yeah. 
Boy, was I wrong about that. But uh, I, to me, it's you're telling jokes to people who are laughing at it. It's not that much different, really, truly, than stand up in person. Yeah, we're on cameras. It's the Internet. There's weird quirks here and there. But for the most part, I'm telling jokes. People are laughing. It's not that much different. Is that a, what was your initial feelings towards having to do these Zoom shows when everything started shutting down? Yeah, I started doing them like I think the first day of the shutdown and did them pretty regularly uh, for a while, like every day or almost every day. I um, found it super helpful because I'm someone who, like I said, like I don't feel like I'm a natural performer or anything. So it's like something I, I want to work really hard at um, to try to catch up with, you know, all the comedians that are so good at that already. I feel like I've gotten pretty comfortable with it. I mean, there's certainly weird shows sometimes where <laughs> everyone's muted or there's like a weird echo or whatever, but that's pretty rare. And so uh, I think most of the time you can kind of set it up and, you know, ask the audience to unmute and everything like that. And um, yeah, it's been really fun. I mean, it's, you know, it's certainly not the same as stand up, but in terms of like, if there's no other option, then um, yeah, it's, I love, uh doing it regularly yeah i think i was talking to my therapist around the time and he was just saying how like it was you know the pandemic like no one knew what was going on or what was going to happen so you kind of just have to try to adapt and do whatever you can and so those zoom shows were definitely a big part of that for me in terms of just um staying busy and coming up with material and everything um so yeah i love doing them um i think i have one I don't know when this comes out. I think I have one coming up on with Bonfire Live, December twenty seventh at eight PM EST. So I'm excited about that. But uh, oh, good. Yeah, I've done one with Bonfire. They do a great job of of organizing and and promoting and stuff. So they're they're a pretty good organization to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like them do a lot. Show with. And so, but yeah, and then I did some recently with like Ko Comedy, and they're really great too at like making it feel like a real show. So there's a lot of good shows out there. And uh, yeah, I'm so um, glad people are doing that kind of thing because it, it's so nice to have some version of that outlet when we can't always see each other in person and everything. So that's been good. During the pandemic, have you explored any different outlets of comedy? Like example, at the beginning of the pandemic, I finally took time and, and filmed a couple of sketches that, uh, that I had ideas for and I haven't done any since, but I've still written down in, in, in notebooks of other ideas, but have you explored other comedy outlets other than uh, Zoom comedy? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Other comedy outlets. I've definitely actually been meeting with a few um, sketch and, and, and like stand-up comedians about kind of doing a web series. I've written some drafts for that. I submitted some packets of like sketches and jokes for different shows during quarantine, um, which was a good writing exercise. And then did a video with uh, Rebecca Kaplan over Zoom of like an awkward first date uh, for her web series, which was um, improvised, but edited down. And um, I was really proud of how that turned out. I've been really happy with all the feedback I've heard from people that saw it. So that's been really fun. I've been doing a lot of like uh, trying to write material and then also just journaling and stuff. And um, I've definitely written some things on my own that um, maybe I could do a book someday or something of, maybe some of like the weird stories from stand up or something like that, but that's, it would be a, probably a long way off. But, uh, but yeah, I, I've definitely, um, yeah, I've been enjoying doing all kinds of different, uh, writing, um, mostly stand up on zoom, but I've also done like improv on zoom and do things like that and then catch up on older movies and, uh, yeah, just try to stay busy with 
writing and trying new things for sure. That's good that you're adventurous and you're trying to stay productive. One of my personal big fears when this whole thing happened was I wasn't writing new material. I wasn't really doing much. And I was worried that I was going to come out on the other end of this unimproved, mm-hmm. uh, less, you know, not as I wanted to come out at the other end of this better than when I went into it. Yeah. You know, and that was a big fear because I just had writer's block and that I wasn't going to have anything new or creative. Um, and I'd be starting from zero when it started. And, you know, I've, I've turned the corner. I've written a bunch of other things. I started playing the ukulele. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. So I have that under my belt now. Well, let me, I, I, I don't have it under my belt in that I'm an expert or anything, but it's like, <laughs> I know how to, I know how to tune it. Let's, 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 let's say I know how to tune the ukulele. That's the only thing I feel most confident in saying. <laughs> But so I'm glad to see there's other that 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 people are trying to be productive, productive, because um, I'll tell you like uh, for the BCF this year that we both did, yeah. you know, we were hanging out during that trivia show, which was cool and fun, but also not as productive. <laughs> yeah, it didn't feel like it would be a good sense of, of productivity when it comes to comedy. Like all of us sitting around go, all right, so what? What silly pun movie title did you come oh, up yeah. with? Oh, yeah. That was a, yeah, it was like coming up with puns of big movies and stuff. Yeah, I know. I thought that was a fun uh, writing exercise and everything for sure. I don't know if any of it will like make it into my act, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I do have a couple of puns on my album and my special, which I think is premiering on YouTube on Wednesday. But it's, uh, there was, there was this punder, this show in New York, which was similar to what we did uh, called Ponder Dome, where you come up with, um, puns and stuff i actually i think there's like one or two i actually was able to like kind of work into my act but i definitely have to be i I try to use those very sparingly because i know um you can definitely lose a crowd with those pretty easily (laughs) well they're called groaners for a reason because that's the noise people make instead of laughing so uh so you recorded an album was the album recording done during the pandemic or prior to the pandemic and just so happens to be coming out now um yeah so the album was yeah, it was actually last year in 2019. So it was pre-pandemic. So I was able to, um, which I'm so glad I did it before then, uh, knowing what we know now, because uh, I was able to get a full crowd in there. I just called on everyone I'd ever met to show up, and some of them did. And so luckily, it was a <laughs> good crowd. And some of them did. <laughs> it was enough to fill the room with, uh, along with some strangers but yeah i don't know it was it was so much fun i'm so happy with how it turned out so the album is out now on uh people can hear the whole thing for free on pandora the link in my bio and social media and stuff yeah it's on everywhere else like spotify and itunes and different places but i'm now releasing the full video version so someone shot it with a few uh camera angles and things like that um so the actual comedy special version is coming out december 23rd wednesday and it'll be streaming at 8 p.m uh est so i'll be doing a if anyone hears this that day uh, i'll be doing like a live kind of i'll be in the chat answering questions and things like that so it'll be kind of like a watch party i uh i don't know why i released it right before the holidays it's probably the worst time to release something i'm sure people have other stuff going on but uh it's the perfect christmas present for anyone out there (laughs) to watch a free comedy special on youtube yeah that's my christmas present to everyone it's a free it's free and I hope, I just hope people enjoy it. Yeah. I'm really proud of how it turned out. Yeah. I think I've been holding off from releasing. I was like, Oh, maybe I should like try to sell it or something. And so far I haven't heard back. And I was like, you know what? I just want people to see it. I don't really need to make money on this, but yeah, I, I self-produced it in terms of paying for the video production and editing and stuff. 
Well, what's the uh, uh, and I, I, since we already talked about the dry bar special that you just filmed, which congratulations! Oh, that's, thank that's you. That's huge uh, thing, and I think you did it. I don't know if they did them all on the same day, but I know it was announced with my friend Kelly McFarland. She oh did yeah, I did well. do a show. Yeah, she was on the same taping. She's great. She's so funny. She's on. Yeah, she's hysterical, uh, and, yeah. and it's just uh, it's just a positive energy for like if you just hang around her, she's just such a positive energy of yeah. just. just yeah. She's it's weird when you hear a comedy, which is kind of aggressive, but then meet her and she's just so bubbly and effervescent. You're just like, oh, she's a joy to be around. Yeah, yeah. She's so funny. So nice. And then, yeah, like you said, her comedy has a bite in a really good way. So, yeah, she's Um, so what's it? What is going to be the difference between this album and the dry bar special? Like, I'm not look if there's if there's a crossover material, that's awesome. It's great. Fucking do it. Uh, but is the dry bar special going to be like, obviously you filmed your special unemotional roller coaster last year in 2019. Yeah. You just filmed something now in 20, you would assume in a year, probably a year span you wrote, uh, you know, something new is the dry bar special going to have a lot of COVID jokes on it. Cause you, I know you were saying it, they wanted to keep it evergreen, but also at the same time, how do you not acknowledge what we've all been going through for the past eight months? Yeah, so for the dry bar special, I think they do it as like you said, evergreen. And so uh although I'm not yeah, the audience was wearing masks and spaced out. So I'm not sure like how much they'll show the audience or not, but basically um they asked us to not mention COVID, which um a lot of my yeah. new material is about. And so basically a lot of the stuff I did in the dry bar special will be kind of like a super clean uh, version of a lot of the things I did on my first uh, on this album that is and the special that's coming out now on emotional roller coaster. But at the same time, I have been definitely writing a new act, which um, I'll be doing. And so if people want to see like the really new stuff, they can definitely see that at like the online shows I'm doing and things like that. But yeah, it'll be kind of similar to um, what I also put out as like the laugh USA version of the album, which was like, a squeaky clean version of the material from this first album, all the things I've been writing in the last year and everything like that. Um, And so those are kind of more for the live audiences at this point where I've been like trying to do um, the least amount of stuff from the album I can, like if I do an hour show or something and just uh, kind of slowly building up to another one of those, hopefully. So the good thing about the dry bar from what I've heard from my other friends, uh, you know, um, and which you're not that dirty of a comedian. So I can't imagine you had to do change too much to make your, your material clean. But one of the things that they talked about is, uh, you know, the residuals for your special, like people get to, you know, watch it and they get to watch clips and, and, you know, it's a revenue stream, but more importantly, the opening up to a different audience, which you as a comedian, you have a lot of diverse audiences as it is now, because you have, uh, audience who know you from America's Got Talent. You have audiences that know you because you're of college stores. You and you have a whole nother audience of people that know you from Wild and Out. So your comedy spanning across different group and Dry Bar is just another group of people who, you know, care more about clean comedy than anything else, which is fine. Uh, so that's, I think, a benefit uh, to it to to your your special being on that as well. I would assume. Uh, but I was, are you, were you concerned at all of trying to clean up your material or when they said, Hey, no COVID, did you internally go, Oh no, that's gonna, do I have enough material to finish this down? If I don't do COVID jokes, was there concerns or worries about recording with drive? No, yeah, I guess I wasn't too worried about it because, um, 
the special I'm putting out this week is going to be like not all clean. So there's definitely like a few jokes in there about sex and stuff like that. But, uh, but <laughs> I hope it'll be another way for people to find out about me because uh, I really don't know what I'm doing in terms of any kind of the business side of comedy. So I was still just trying to figure that out. The last thing I'll ask you about is, uh, and if the people listening to, the, to, to this interview had not figured it out yet, through our conversation, uh, you're a person that lives with social anxiety. Um, yeah. and I'm curious because I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I'm very outgoing. I'm boisterous. I, I, I don't know what it's like to be with social, uh, to be socially. I know how it's uh, to be awkward and weird, but I don't know what it's like to be shy. Yeah. So when you started doing standup, is there things that you did that helped you become more outgoing to be able to do standup? Or do you think standup and improv helped you become more yeah, I definitely think they helped me become more outgoing, but I was extremely shy, uh, especially when I was first doing stand-up. The first few times I performed on stage, I would always feel like physically sick before, and I would have, uh, it was probably too much information, but I would like get diarrhea every time before, and I would feel like I was going to throw up, and wow. uh, I would feel terrified, and like I wanted to not go on stage the first time, but I told people I was going to do it. So I kind of had to, uh, I felt like, and then it ended up being a lot of fun, but, uh, and I definitely get so, certain, like maybe a little nervous before certain shows now, but much less than when I started, I think, um, from having done it a while that some of those nerves go away, but yeah, I mean, I'm probably still more nervous to start a conversation with one person than to do a stand up set. Like stand up doesn't make me as nervous now, but, like um i still do have a lot of reservations in some ways but it's definitely broken the ice in a lot of ways because you know i can meet uh, a lot of people through stand-up from the audience or from other comedians and just you know i've already opened up in some way during my set that people can connect with sometimes hopefully and so uh yeah no and then improv i think has been super helpful as well um it's like such a different muscle or whatever but they can help each other hopefully and um I think improv, I would recommend to anyone, like whatever their job is, I think it just makes you more productive, more happy, more focused, more in the moment, more able to be spontaneous and collaborate with people. And then also like handle whatever issues come up without, you know, dwelling on them or overthinking them or getting frustrated. So improv helped a lot in terms of being able to talk to people hopefully and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, they're both, uh, I love yeah, I love doing stand-up. I love improv. I think it has helped me. And uh, yeah, honestly, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, yeah, it's helped every aspect of my life in terms of meeting, making friends and uh, learning how to talk to people a little more. And so, I, you know, there's still a lot of work to do on that for me, I think. But it, I can't imagine um, what my life would be like without comedy. So Good. Well, it's been a great talking to you and, and catching up. I think this is actually, you know, the, the two or three times we've, we've come across each other, uh, both virtually and in person. This is the longest we've had a conversation on. And it was nice. It's good to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, Cause you know, I, if, me personally, I feel like I already know every comedian personal in, on a personal level. Yeah. Like when, when I meet somebody's like, we do the same thing. I already kind of know who you are as a person you know, you should already know who I am a little bit as a person just automatically because we have that connection. Yeah. And it's nice to hear, um, you know, they get to have a more real conversation with somebody than our, than normal, just, Hey, you know, small talk behind 
show doors and, and backstage and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, it was great having you on the show. And uh, again, I, I, I applaud you for being a person who's uh, professional and, and taking Zoom comedy serious because not a lot of people are. And it's infuriating when you, you hear people talk bad about a thing that you're being happy and pa- you know, you're still trying to continue your passion. And then they're shitting on your method of continuing doing it. It's like, you know, dude, when this is all over with, I'm just going to come out a, a stronger comedian and you're going to come out behind or I'm saying that I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying that for some of those people who are like, it's not the same thing. Well, get adapt, get used to it anyway. So it was good talking to you, Jake. Have a good one. And uh, I, I can't wait to see the special on uh, Wednesday or tonight. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Always good to see you.